Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. I want to do something splendid before I go into my castle, something heroic or wonderful that won't be forgotten after I'm dead. I don't know what, but I'm on the watch for it, and I mean to astonish you all someday. I think I shall write books. Joe March and Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. Hello and welcome to Born of Wonder. I'm Katie Marquette and on this podcast we explore anything and everything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. I'm so glad to be back with you. Happy November. Uh, I'm sorry I missed last week. We had just gotten back from almost two weeks up in New England visiting family and then having a wonderful uh, vacation. Uh, The three of us, my husband Jojo and I, up in a coastal inlet in Maine. It was so, so wonderful. And um, I know it's hard traveling with a toddler, but I would really, really encourage, encourage you to do it. Um, I know I have I have friends, you know, with multiple little ones who are like globe trotting, you know, going to Europe or something like that. So, but for me, this was a big deal. I hadn't really traveled at all with her since she was, you know, um, in the more marsupial stage where I could just put her in a baby carrier and she sort of just slept with me and that was that. Um, so I was nervous about um, flying and doing so much driving and going to new places and seeing new people and things like that with a, um, you know, opinionated 19 month old but she did so well she loved loved it and um you know normal toddler moments but honestly it was it was fine it was just fine and uh the travel days they were very long you know um especially being quite pregnant now and things like that but it's such a small part of your trip those travel days and then you know you're there and you can just enjoy it so I just wanted to just give a shout out and encouragement to do it Um, both Chris and I sort of after this trip have talked about how we really really want to prioritize traveling as a family taking vacations as a family things like that so um I just want to encourage you to do that. So I'm sorry, though, for missing uh, last week. It's I We just like literally got back and uh, there was no way <laughs> I was going to get an episode out. So um, but I'm happy to be back. Um, and actually what I'm going to talk to you about today is related to our trip because I just wanted to tell you about... Um, this just amazing thing we did, which is that we visited Louisa May Alcott's house, and then we went to see her grave, uh, which is which is located in the wonderfully, romantically spooky named um, Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in Concord, uh, where she is buried within feet of Thoreau, Hawthorne, and Emerson on this uh, in this sprawling cemetery on this area, sort of up on a hill called Author's Ridge. So I just wanted to tell you a little bit about that experience and just sort of encourage you to take um, pilgrimages in general. Uh, yes, religious pilgrimages, of course, but I'm sort of 
uh, focusing in on literary pilgrimages, which I realized thinking back is something that I actually have, uh, you know, prioritized uh, and that is always like so, so meaningful um, to us. And Chris and I both said, you know, we should just make this a thing when we go to a new city is just to look up, um, you know, literary figures that live there. And uh, a lot of times uh, you'll, you'll, you can walk by their house or visit their house or their grave or uh, something like that. And it's, it's so, it's, it's really powerful. Um, and I think it has to do a lot with, uh, sort of what we believe as Catholics about sacramentality and, uh, the importance of the physical world, um, and the power of physical places and objects and that they can sort of touch, um, spiritual artistic realities as well. So I'm just going to tell you a bit about that. And just a reminder that, uh, November is the month of the dead. So you have lots of time to go visit graveyards and do, uh, pilgrimages like this, <laughs> uh, very appropriate time to do that. Even though we are out of, out of October, um, we've, we've gotten through all Hallowtide, all Hallows Eve. Um, if you, if you dressed up, um, I hope you had fun. Uh, we didn't dress up. We were flying that day. I did put Joe in like a cute pumpkin shirt though, so that if she was a menace on the plane, at least she would be cute. Um, <laughs> she was fine. Um, but, uh, I think that Halloween actually sort of not the more macabre aspects of it. Um, uh, although there's sort of the, the, the sort of healthy macabre side of it, you know, the, the sort of visiting graveyards and praying for the dead and, uh, memento mori things like that but i'm talking more about sort of the ghoulish scary scary stuff um i don't love that but as a sort of get together dressing up um festival it's actually one of the like last communal festivals we have um as a society that sort of we most of us partake in uh, regardless of religious tradition or things like that you know you you used to in many many communities there would be lots of sort of opportunities for that because you would share um share cultural and religious traditions and there would be lots of festivals you know for feast days and uh, processionals and things like that and we don't really have many of those so i really appreciate halloween for its um, ability to uh, re-engage us with the importance of festival and tradition and sort of um, whimsy and <laughs> wonderful things like that as well so uh, yes, All Hallowtide, and then um, into, of course, after All, All Hallows Eve, we had All Saints Day and All Souls Day. So, um, and now we are well into into November, one of the fastest going months, I think, um, because then all of a sudden it's Thanksgiving, and then you're in Advent, and then it's Christmas. So, <laughs> and then uh, it's a new year, and I, you know, I blink, I still think it's 2020, but it's actually going to be 2023. So, that's just the way life is now. Um, Thank you for recent emails. A few people have emailed me. I so appreciate that. I try to get back pretty quickly. Um, uh, so, so thank you. Thank you for getting in touch. Thank you to new patrons. I believe I am all caught up on my thank you letters to patrons. I sent out a few like this week. So if in a week or so, um, if you're a patron and you haven't gotten a letter from me, please just send me a message um, because I don't want to have made the mistake of um of of missing your 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 message with your address or something like that so please feel free to message me and if you'd like to become a patron so appreciate it so important for the podcast just follow the link in the show notes or on the website bornofwonder.com two dollars a month means a lot to me means a lot to the show 
So without further ado, let's get going. Let's start talking about the importance of literary pilgrimages. So first things first, what is a pilgrimage? Uh, so a pilgrimage traditionally, you know, involves some sort of trek. It's going to involve um, travel. It's going to involve uh, a lot of times maybe some hardship in getting to a certain place. Um, a part of the pilgrimage is the journey as well. Uh, pilgrimages were so, so important for so, so long. Uh, the Middle Ages, I think, was probably the peak time for Christian pilgrimages. If you've read Kristen Lavern's Daughter, uh, you, you know all about how pilgrimages sort of play a role in people's um, sort of restoration of their spiritual lives. It was often a penance. Um, or uh, if you were asking for a specific um, prayer to be answered, um, you, you may go on a pilgrimage to the shrine of a specific saint or where a certain apparition, Marian apparition, took place. Um, and, and it was a very equalizing um, opportunity, you know, in, in, when, in a time when the class divisions in the feudal system, things like that, were so um, were so stark and divisive. As a pilgrim, you would sort of you would dress in uh, in, in you know poor, simple, humble clothes, and uh, there would be these 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 certain roads that would all lead to certain pilgrimage sites, and all these pilgrims, rich and poor, would sort of be walking together, uh, arriving together, praying together. So that in and of itself is really really beautiful. Of course, pilgrimages are so important in other religious traditions as well. So important in Islam that it's one of the seven pil pillars of Islam is is to to take to take a pilgrimage. Um, it, it's sort of like if there's any reason uh, that you, that you that you can't. Um, it has to be quite a serious reason, you know, it's over the course of your life, basically, that you should make it a huge goal, um, that you should make at least one pilgrimage to Mecca, which is, you know, the holiest city for Muslims, um, the Hajj, it's a mandatory religious duties uh, for, for Muslims that be carried out at least once in their lifetime. Uh, and there is sort of a period of time when, uh, when sort of on mass muslims will try it will will make the hajj i think next year it's at the end of june into the beginning of july um but i think you technically can make it anytime um anytime you know during during the year um but it, it should be a huge priority for you as a muslim so pilgrimages are very important in religious traditions um but I think uh, what I'm talking about really is sort of a secular pilgrimage or an artistic pilgrimage, which I think uh, can be very, very meaningful and important. And um, I've had the opportunity to take a few of them. If you listen to the last podcast I put out, it was a re-air about um, Sylvia Plath, the, the poet and um, sort of my relationship with her over the years. And, uh, and when we were in London way back when in 2012, we, we, we went to uh, the flat that she lived in in London, which was also occupied by William Butler Yeats, which she found very meaningful. And it was the apartment where she committed suicide. Um, it was really um, sad to be standing there, but also was, uh, it was just really meaningful to me um, that, that in that place, uh, you know, just to know that she had been there uh, was very, 
was 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 very important to me um, that I was then standing there. So um, that was a great idea. Uh, Chris actually just suggested it when we were had a day in London. We were studying abroad at Oxford, and uh, we were in London. He said, "You know, did, we should find out where Sylvia Plath lived." And I think that's such a great way. Uh, to explore cities. So again, I want to encourage you if you're traveling or something, just look up, see, you know, what literary figures or historical figures lived in the area or had, you know, important moments in a certain location. And odds are you can, you know, even if it's not an official sort of place you visit, um, you can find the address and walk by, <laughs> walk by the house or something like that. A lot of times there'll be a plaque, sometimes maybe even not. Um, course you can go find their grave um that's a beautiful thing to do in the month of november visiting graveyards um so uh yeah so that that sylvia plath was a, was a wonderful literary pilgrimage i took um and then also here in baltimore city there is quite the tradition at edgar Allan poe's grave um so uh i went to tell you about the legend of the poe toaster who uh was was someone or a, a succession of somebodies who visited Edgar Allan Poe's grave uh, on his birthday in the very early hours of January 19th. He would come every year dressed in black in a wide-brimmed hat, white scarf, pour himself a glass of cognac, and raise a toast to Poe's memory and then vanish into the night, leaving three roses in um, a distinctive arrangement along with his unfinished bottle of cognac. Uh, a lot of people would sort of gather and try to catch a glimpse of him, um, but he was rarely seen or photographed. Uh, this was, um, you know, before um, social media and things like that and smartphones. Um, so it, it, it started in the in the 1930s um, and then uh, ended in the late 1990s. Um, and then uh, it's, it sort of kept going into the, into the 2000s, but they think it was like a, a different person, uh, for sure by then. Um, and then in 2010, there was no visit from the toaster and, uh, he hasn't appeared since. So that was the end of a 75 year old, uh, tradition. But back in 2016, the Maryland Historical Society sort of, um, auditioned toasters which i think was really funny i actually had a friend who tried out <laughs> um and now it's sort of part of a much more official uh celebration at his grave on his birthday i actually um recorded there once for a public radio piece um it's 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 a riot there's tons of people who come and just show up in the graveyard and hang out and wait for this poe toaster who's who's now sort of a actor right but he comes in he came in at least when i was there um he was playing a violin and he recited uh some of annabelle lee and then you know left his roses took a toast and um it was really cool i think it's really sweet that they sort of continued that but um, so that's that's really really a neat thing to attend if you're in the Baltimore area. Um, you can also you can visit his grave anytime. The graveyard in general is really uh, it's really interesting. Has lots of um, uh, I, I just love like sort of historic graveyards, right? So you can go around and see all this sort of old mausoleum style things and see these these quite old graves. Um, it's it's Westminster Hall and burying ground in Baltimore. You can also visit his house, which is um, a museum now. So uh, that's that's one suggestion, and that's one that I visited and has meant a lot to me. Uh, visiting Edgar Allan Poe's grave. 
Uh, another, if you are in the Baltimore area, another grave you can visit is uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald's and his wife Zelda. Uh, they are found in um, the, uh, on the grounds of St. Mary's Catholic Church in Rockville, Maryland. I haven't visited there, but my husband visited there with his sister uh, on my list. So uh, that that's a great literary figure to, to, to go check out. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, so, and of course, the most recent pilgrimage we took was to maybe, maybe the most meaningful, it was Louisa May Alcott's house. I, you know, Little Women has meant the world to me, especially in recent years. Um, and to take uh, Joe there, Josephine, um, who is very much named in honor of Joe March, uh, was really, really cool. Um, <laughs> of course, she was, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if she was ready to appreciate a lot of it, but um, she did really like the fact that the Alcotts apparently loved owls. Um, they loved owls, and she's very into owls right now. She has a bunch of owl books and things like that, and so she got an owl from the gift shop, and uh, it's very neat in the house. You can see all these um, beautiful sketches that are done all over the walls of the house, by Louisa's younger sister May, who um, was Amy in uh, Little Women. Um, you can see the living room where her older sister uh, got married. Um, you can uh, walk literally right next to, stand right next to the desk where she penned Little Women. Um, you can see pages with her handwriting on it, see the view that she looked out on. Uh, you will go into, you start the tour uh, in this um, sort of back, uh, back building that her father built as a school, a school of philosophy. Uh, and, and the tour guides were really lovely, um, the curators of the house, uh, because we really couldn't sort of sit through the lengthier explanations in each of the rooms during the tour. So they took us on a abbreviated private tour, which was really, really nice. And we will certainly be back because my sister-in-law lives now like 15 minutes from that house. So, I have no excuse not to go there all the time. So I would very, very much encourage you to visit. Um, it's, it's, it was especially lovely in the fall, you know, to see the sort of New England foliage all around the house. And just down the road, you could go visit um, their neighbor's house, Nathaniel Hawthorne. Um, so it's eh, Concord. I just want to go back there and just keep exploring. Um, but, you know, after we visited this house and had such a great experience there, I it occurred to me that, you know, she lived here. She definitely died here, too. So then we looked up and found this wonderful um, graveyard, Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, uh, Author's Ridge. And what a delight to not only be able to visit Louisa's grave and she's her sister's graves are there with her and her father's. Um, but uh, also the graves of Hawthorne, Emerson, and Thoreau, uh, literally practically next door to her. Um, it was sort of a very funny experience in a way because I'm sort of trying to like, you know, you're in a graveyard and there's it was very misty. It was it was really really beautiful um, and eerie. And uh, this whole time, uh, JoJo's demanding mac and cheese, um, so I'm sort of praying a requiem prayer and is saying a thank you to Louisa um, while feeding Joe mac and cheese. So <laughs> these things are always more funny um, with a toddler in tow, but it was, it was so great. It was so great to be there. Uh, highly recommend you visit. And I just want to encourage you to look up things like that in general. I think that is uh, just a wonderful way to sort of incorporate uh, a sacramental mentality into your everyday life. And, uh, you know, the arts are so important to us. Books mean so much to us. 
and uh, it can be a beautiful way to honor uh, honor these people that have uh, you know contributed so much to our lives and to the world through their uh, through through their art. So uh, it, it was really really cool around. Um, around Louise's grave there was uh people had left pens and pencils and um, some scraps of paper some with like little thank yous or uh quotes from the book on them and uh, I just think that's so cool just to like leave sort of your little token there um oh I should also mention that uh, another pilgrimage I did was to Tolkien's house and grave uh outside Oxford and uh in that case you know people had also left lots of notes and and things like that and uh yeah it's just it's just a, a beautiful thing to do so i want to encourage you to do that to look it up um if you follow me on instagram i hopped on there to share some of the photos of the graveyard of the house so you can just look up um born of wonder on instagram and find uh find pictures from that trip so um it was really really cool and i'm so grateful that i got to do it so that will be it for this week's episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed, you know, uh, that uh, I, want, I wanted to share that with you. And just uh, I hope you, you find some, some cool literary pilgrimages of your own. If you have any recommendations for me, places I should go visit, would love to hear about them. Please send me an email. Uh, just go to the website and the contact me page. Um, but I'm going to leave you with some music here, uh, soundtrack. Uh, it's the end titles from The Duchess, uh, which, as I remember, was quite a bad movie. <laughs> um, but it's Rachel Portman, who, in general, I really, really like her her composing her soundtrack. She did uh, Shock a lot as well. Um, but I just, I just, I love this piece. I've been listening to some of my, uh, you know, cinematic soundtracks, and uh, and I think it's so. Uh, so lovely this time of year to look outside the window, watch some leaves falling and have some some beautiful music in the background. So I hope you enjoy that. Next week, I think I will be sharing about two saints that have meant a lot to me that have November feast days, St. Elizabeth of Hungary, St. Margaret of Scotland. Um, I have some neat interviews lined up for this month, uh, and then we'll be getting into Advent. We'll have some, uh, some, you know, specific Advent things coming up on the podcast and the blog as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm Katie Marquette, and this is Born of Wonder.
And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. 